Are you ready to be in the spotlight? Are you ready to share your story with the world? Well, Snails with No Shells is where you need to be. Available on all digital platforms, Facebook, and YouTube. Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. Greetings, beautiful ones. I am Ms. BJ Martin, and this is Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. That's my only rule in this room. All right, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. I have an amazing guest coming to the stage. She's beautiful, talented, uh, very intellectual, just all the ingredients. We call it a TP, a total package. <laughs> let's bring her to the stage. Dr. Angela Hardenlock. <laughs> hey, hey, Miss BJ. I'm so excited to be here. Woo! <laughs> yes, me too. Thank you for being on Snails and No Shells. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. It's always nice when you can hang out with the queens and the powerhouses like yourself. I tell you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Thank you. Now let's get into it, Dr. Angela. Dr. Angela Harden Mac M. D, do not play with her, okay? <laughs> she, she is a women's empowerment coach, international keynote speaker, manifestation expert, I love that, and best-selling author. She has captivated national and international audiences with empowering messages of abundance, wellness, and great living. Her unique skill set as a physician, physician, okay, speaker, coach, author, and Bible teacher has equipped her for a career inspiring and empowering people far more than 25 years. And that's just a little bit, she, that's just a little bit of her bio. I'll put it in the, uh, in the comments and you can read it yourself. Oh, that's amazing. Great, 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 great. Okay. So Dr. Angela, where were you born and raised? Yes, I was born and raised in a small city called Highland Park, Michigan. It's actually within the city of Detroit. So Detroit is unique in that there are two cities, Hamtramck and Highland Park that are separate cities right within Detroit. So born and raised there. Um, my older siblings, you know, graduated high school there, my dad. So we have some pretty deep roots in Highland Park, Michigan. Highland Park, Michigan. I love it. I love it. 
but the winters the winters it's freezing up there yeah so michigan you know like illinois we get some uh pretty cold uh, not as much as, as wisconsin and not as much as minnesota but definitely the snow and the cold but you know i grew up with it so we know how to bundle up you know you know yeah. you're <laughs> on and you just go and, and do your thing awesome so what was it like next question what was it like growing up there it was absolutely beautiful um so much so like i said a lot of the people that that i uh, was raised with we no longer stay in the city a lot of mm -hmm. people are like have moved to detroit or uh, the suburbs but it was such a tight-knit community that we still maintain contact just like um at the end of this month my classmates we're all gathering together to hang out you know we still do class reunions we did the 5 10 15 year and everything so it was a tight-knit community. Um, again, multiple generations lived there. I grew up in that time was like, it took a village. Absolutely. So, you know, your neighbors did this. We knew who our neighbors were. We knew this was, you know, Mr. Jones or Miss Jones and, and we looked out for one another. So I enjoyed the experience and would say, if you have the opportunity for people, especially if you're raising children, if you have the opportunity to live in a community like that, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm yes yes okay so next question what did you want to be when you grew up Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to be a doctor and i am literally living my dream living my great life as a doctor i was 10 years old mm -hmm. when that dream was birthed so my parents encouraged me and said you can do it and um you know i, I stuck to it i stuck to it so it's and so what were you doing yeah that is that is so what at 10 do you remember like what were you doing certain things that you were doing when you were 10. i did so and to get this story you know my mom is 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 a significant part of that i say i'm the first doctor in the family but my mom is the original healer i mean i kid you not mama mm -hmm. was we call her mom you know she's big mom mm -hmm. and granny to the the uh grandkids but my mother was a woman ahead of her time she was doing vegetarian meals when I was like in elementary school, now, I come from humble beginnings. You know, it wasn't like we all had these graduate degrees and everything. These were things that we aspired to. But when I said I very humble beginnings, that was the case. So we were having vegetarian meals. We stopped eating wheat bread. I mean, white bread. Everybody else was still eating Wonder Bread. And I was sometimes crying because mama sent me to school with, with wheat bread. I, I kid you not. We literally thought my mother lost it when she said we were going to have like meatless meals. Now, mind you, we didn't have meat every night to begin with. But it was like a couple vegetables. We were like, what is going on? So mama had this book called Garden of Eden, where she was reading about vitamins and reading mm. about nutrients way back when. She also had this medical book. Um, I don't know where it is now, but it was a medical book about this thick. And in the middle, it had maybe like 10 or so pages of these colored uh, monographs. And one was a picture of a pregnant woman. And you could see it from the side view. You saw the baby. Mm -hmm. in the uterus and then you saw the red for the arteries and the blood vessel when i opened that book up there was something about that picture that captivated me and i looked and like i want to i want to take your babies i want to be a doctor because initially my goal was i wanted to be an obstetrician i wanted to well, sorry, medicine catch babies but i wanted to birth babies and so at 10 years old looking in that medical book my mother was the healer in the family that was my in inspiration it captivated me and so I, you know, continue to build. And my parents told me I could be anything I wanted to be. And I believed them. So yeah. that started it all for me. Wow. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Wow. And see, you just never know, like, you know, as, as a child, what can inspire you? And how important your part, uh, our parents play in our lives. Or just, just adults, how it's so important to 
you see a child you know interested in something that you you know pay attention and you add on to that and say well maybe that's something that they want to do you know Mm -hmm. i love that Mm -hmm. i love that and so how long were you in school to become a physician wow so graduated at 18 and did the four and a half years of college and then Uh four years of medical school and then residency. So residency is that period of time. Once you graduate medical school, you are an MD, you are a physician, then we have to spend a certain number of years in that specialty learning under senior doctors. And so the number of years will vary depending on what the specialty is. I have this really exciting idea I want to do too. So I actually um, trained as an internal medicine doctor. So internists treat adults, internists treat adults, and then also pediatrics. So pediatrician, I did a combined program. So that's a four-year program compared to the three for either internal medicine or pediatrics. And then in, in the midst of there, I had like, a, you know, a baby. So because of maternity leave and some others, um, I was a little bit longer. And also my, my first child was born the last day of medical school. Oh, then- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Angie, you have so many memories and just, oh, wow, I love that. Yeah. So it took me because of that, it took me a little bit longer because I was able to I graduated in June and I was able to delay the start of my residency instead of in July with everyone else. I started in January. So that time and some other time I was able to uh, take uh, like a month or two here or there. My program actually took um, a little bit longer. But I tell you, I'm so glad I had that opportunity would not trade it for the world. So yes. it was pretty exciting. I love that. I love that. Wow. So your dream came true. That is amazing. That's amazing. Because I always ask people like, you know, what did you want to be? And for the most part, I hear a lot. I've heard teacher and I've heard nurse. I even heard astronaut. Mm -hmm. And I even heard a sniper. That's been an interesting job. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. So okay, let's get into so you're a physician, you're this amazing doctor, and now you're getting into empowering women, this empowerment coach. Would that be like the order? Would it be the empowerment coach and then the author? Um, Actually, they kind of happen at the same time. You know, uh, definitely the, the physician came first. And so you know, when I share with people, you know, when we think about medicine, right, we think about doctors, we think, oh, it's just all healthcare, right? We go in, we say, this is your diagnosis, take this medicine, or we recommend surgery, what have you. But there's empowerment that takes place each and every time a physician is engaging with a patient. It's going to look different for each, you know, patient visit, depending on what the patient's needs are. It's going to depend on the age, how complex or simple is that a patient's history. For someone who's straightforward, you know, when I was in primary care, the patient would come in, doc, I got a sore throat, I have a cough. It may be very easy. It could be, you know, strep throat. It could be this, could be ear infection, do the exam and treat it. But when an individual has family history that plays a part maybe it's diabetes that may you know run in families when there are multiple conditions you know present someone may have diabetes high blood pressure etc then that's going to be a more involved visit and we talk about more lifestyle education and when we talk about the length of time an individual has um, a condition then we start to talk about quality of life it's always present but that's when we even more you know, those are opportunities for us as physicians to talk about quality of life because of the psychosocial aspect okay. of it. So, you know, like I said, to have a sore throat that goes away in a couple of days, that's very different compared to having maybe diabetes 
that may be difficult for us to treat, right? We have a patient on a couple medications or an individual, especially with diabetes for a long period of time, maybe the kidney is now impacted. Maybe there's some things going on with the vision. Maybe that individual has decreased sensation in the legs or is beginning to have that teething sensation. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain a lot. Right. I can't stand on my feet. You know, there are only certain activities I can do because of that. So empowering the patient, listening to the patient, you know, what are your needs, what are your concerns, and then presenting that information in a way that's user-friendly. And that's one of the, you know, one of the fun things I really enjoy doing is listening to and then helping that patient understand something that's very complex. So as I'm, you know, in my early part of my career as a, you know, young doc, young lady doc, you know, talking and teaching and treating patients, but also as um, because most of my patients were women, they have been women, that mm -hmm. as I'm getting to know them and they're sharing with me and we're talking about quality of life and we're talking about psychosocial, then I get to know them, their jobs, their career aspirations. And sometimes it's about, you know, they have to navigate their you know jobs and, and careers, whether it's the lady who may be the cashier, right? It may be the middle manager. It may be the VP of X, Y, and Z. I've, you know, treated patients of all walks of life you can't separate the physical part of who we are from those other parts and so mm -hmm. that came into it and then um, i started a women's actually you know a women's empowerment circle about i guess 12 years ago and it was called ladies living large where i met i gathered ladies together just before all the all the social media things that's when we had the the 1-800 number for the uh call that the right right and uh it was called ladies living large we did it was a money circle so i met with the ladies probably i think about eight or ten weeks we had a particular book and so we talked about things we came together we had exercises and then things that i did in church as well so like i said i've been doing this for a number of years different ways and different activities but really looking to help women identify who are you you know do you are you familiar with your purpose and have you discovered your you know your gifts and your genius and then helping them to put this all together to show up to be awesome so it's been pretty cool wow i'm in total awe. this is why i love doing these interviews i'm telling you i am in total oh wow that's amazing that's amazing because i would never put the two together but i see how they're definitely connected i love that and i love when women empower women we need that so much today you know mm -hmm. so okay so Let's get into your book. Okay. Your book. Let me show, okay. ladies and gentlemen, let me show you the book, the name of the book. Picture Your Great Life. 21 Principles and 21 Reflections for Great Living. This is the cover of the book. This is the book we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Picture Your Great Life. I love it, love it, love it. So let's get into it. Yeah. Yes, let's talk about the book. What is this book about? Okay. Well, the inspiration from this book, you know, many times we, there's a story behind things. And so yes. my story is, and the second part of that is that it's a handbook that teaches about creative visualization, which is a process where we learn how important that vision is. And that's why I was all picture your great life. So at mm -hmm. 10 years old, I had the dream to become a, a doctor. And mm -hmm. so I was on this path, right, going to college and at age 15, and um, the summer after my first year of high school, I got my first job, summer job, and I worked in the hospital. So at the orientation, we leave the auditorium and we're in the lobby. And I'm standing there and I'm watching the doctors in their white coats walk by, right? Group, mm -hmm. then another group, and another group. And I stood there and I said, that's me. 
I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to have my white coat. And so that image, me as a 15-year-old girl, again, humble beginnings, right? We didn't have a car sometimes. We were on food stamps sometimes. And when I say humble beginnings, I'm in the hospital lobby watching people walk by in their white coats. And I had this image and this vision. I kept that image in my mind. So about 15 years later, 10 to 15 years later, I'm back in that same hospital because I trained. I went to uh, train where I, I was born and raised. I'm in that same hospital and I'm in that same spot, basically. And I said in my white coat, here I am, Dr. Angela Hardmack. I'm here. Thank you, God. So the vision is so important and the vision is powerful. You know, a lot of people are familiar with the vision boards. We probably have done 10, right. if not 20, you know, mm -hmm. in our lives. And I definitely say for people, yes, get that vision. And there's some different things we can do with that vision and vision board. So this is part of what, again, I'm capturing here, encouraging people. Get a picture of your great life. And this will help inspire you. It will motivate you. And we definitely need that motivation. Yes. We'll test it. You know, when we're challenged and when the waiting period is there, that's when you have that vision and you can say, okay, that will keep you and help you to endure. So that's again my, my story that inspired me with this topic. That is awesome. And uh, speaking of challenges, were there any challenges, you know, during the period when you were, let's go back to just being, you know, trying to become a physician, were there any challenges? For you. Yes. And especially being a melanated woman as well. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why women's empowerment is my passion. So women, you know, from the dawn of time, women have not always been seen as equal citizens or citizens or on the same footing as men from the beginning. And so that's still the case. Different countries, different ways. It may be healthcare, in one place. It may be education, maybe politics. It may be civil rights. There are a number of things that fall under this category of reasons why women, we need protection and empowerment. There are some specific challenges related to the workplace. There are some specific things related to career advancement and development. And so because I've learned how to navigate those, and especially in a profession that's still male dominated, right. you know, I'm empowering women, I'm sharing with them so that what I learned and how I learned how to navigate and overcome, I'm doing the same thing with that. So, you know, it's stereotypes. Sometimes, you know, there still can be this traditional thing that when we think about success and leadership, it's male. There's still, we talk about how we are socialized, male versus female. So, right, we encourage little boys, we encourage men to be decisive, to be go-getters, to stand up and articulate and advocate for yourself. We don't encourage society, I do, but society, sometimes we don't encourage women or when a woman exhibits those things, right, she gets the side eye. And men are encouraged and celebrated, but women less so. She's looked at, oh, you may be competent, but you're not likable. You know, men can do the same thing. He's competent and likable, but she's competent, but not likable. She's hard, or we get told we're too nasty, we're too negative. So mm -hmm. there's that double standard, and, you know, we really are walking this fine line, and we each learn who we are so that we can be authentic. And then we still have the pay grade difference. Men, a lot of times, still have the opportunity and ability to earn more for a position of a woman with the same credentials, et cetera, may be offered less. So it's real. Even in 2022, there are still things, challenges and hurdles that women face in the workplace, career advancement and things like that. 
Hmm. Really? We're still still there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, and this is one I've been talking a lot um, about this year, is is this loneliness and isolation. It's not so much that we may always be lonely, but we definitely tend to be isolated. Many okay. times I have been, uh, and I am the only female physician. Mm-hmm. Many times I have been the only individual of color mm-hmm. in the environment. And so for women, now women, we tend to be nurturing, right? And we, we, we look out for people. A lot of times we definitely look out for other women. Yes. It's not always easy, honestly, to be the woman in senior, in senior leadership position. And as a physician, I'm mm-hmm. always in that senior leadership role. I right. may not be like the department chair, but as a physician, that's a senior leadership role. And the way other women on the team interact, mm-hmm. it, it, it's easy. The office manager, the charge nurse, the individual who's working, the front desk. And so for each of us, we have to find that connection and find that way to interact with them. And sometimes it's it's not easy. You know, like you know, if we do it this way, you know, we're jammed. If we do it that way, we're jammed. We are because two personalities, some people will be very likable, right? Some women will just be very likable. You hit it off. It's great. And they're just so pleasant to work with. Sometimes right. People just by nature of their personality, it's not as easy to, or they may feel as though we aren't, right? Because again, right. when I'm working, I'm working. I mean, I'm one of the nicer, you know, one, but it's like, you know, when I'm working, I'm working. I take what I do very seriously. So, you know, people have to recognize and respect my role. I'm not, you know, especially as a doctor, I'm like, I'm not the medical student. I'm not, the right. mm. I'm not you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not the nurse and I'm, I love the nurses, but it's like, I'm, I'm the physician. And right. there's certain things and there's certain responsibilities that go with that. So sometimes men and women, that's not easy for them to navigate. Mm. Yeah, it can be interesting. Wow, that's very interesting. I'm learning a lot today. I am. Wow, wow. And so I see that um, you talk about stress, and I'm thinking like that you've probably been in some very stressful situations. I am a I'm a I'm a mental health advocate. I yeah, and I'm like mental health Mondays. That's that's my thing. And I'm just do the simple things. You know, make sure you make sure you drinking water. Make sure you're eating, you know, make sure you're taking breaks. Because sometimes those little simple things could just be off that could have us, you know, off kilter. You know, just the little simple things. Making sure you take those breaks and creating those boundaries, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so stress, I know, is a part of mental health as well. And so let's talk about stress. How do you, what is stress? Yeah, stress is something that we all need to have these conversations about multiple times a year. So kudos for you, you know, as a mental health advocate, like you say, you know, managing and helping individuals to manage stress, so key. Um, stress is our body's response to any stressor. A stressor can be positive, right? A new job, you know, remodeling a home, looking for a new home, new relationship. So anything that requires, especially more of our time, our attention and our energy, these are stressors. And we don't often hear the term stressors. We just hear stress, right? But right. a stressor can be positive, and there are those. And we think about youth stress because when we're experiencing some stress, that means our body is just heightened awareness, right? You think about I'm, I'm preparing for an exam. That's what I have to do exam. I'm like, okay, right. I'm studying, right? And so I'm like, okay, I'm going here, you know, to take this exam every couple of years. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm on my game. So my heart rate may be up a little bit, not anything alarming, but I'm alert and I'm 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 with that. So that's youth stress, and youth stress can actually 
get us to perform at a slightly higher level. You know, think about the athletes, right? They're, you know, in the gym doing their thing and they're getting on there and they're, you know, doing the layups and doing the drills. So that's a good thing. But stress can also be that that type of stress where it's the negative stressor, mm-hmm. where it may be the problem on the job. It may be, you know, COVID with the layoff. It may be, you know, yes. family members, friends who, who are ill. You know, someone has a car to break down. Those are things that tap into our energy, our time and our attention in a different way. And we still have that response. But it's not that, yeah, I'm showing up to be a lot. It's like, oh, my goodness. How am I going to do with this? What are my next steps? So we all are going to have stressors. You know, if anybody has, you know, you commute on your job, right? If you just have a 10 or 15 minute commute, even if it's stop and go traffic, you know, it's like, I'll be out of my car in 15, 20 minutes. It's okay. But some people have to drive a distance when it's really for a longer period of time. Oh, you know, looking next, you know, in the car, how come they aren't going to, you didn't put your signal on to get over. And some people have that every day, you know, every day, four or five days a week. So that stress, if it's something that's there just for a short period of time, we feel it. You know, maybe whatever's causing the stress ends. But sometimes we have to be proactive. We actually have to do something in order to respond to it in a different way. But then sometimes we have those chronic stressors, things that we can't change. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I've had family members who are ill. You know, my, my aunt, my mother's sister um, was ill with cancer. You know, we that was a stressful time for our family. We couldn't change that she had it. But as we were walking that journey with her, chemo and some other things Mm -hmm. that required more time and energy for our family and that was that was more than you know a couple of months so Mm -hmm. chronic stress is important just as short-term stress right right yeah like that's awesome and we do some of those things we kind of just we don't we don't even equate that with being something stressful just like the example you use for traffic i you know and you and especially uh, in georgia i'm in atlanta It takes, you know, 40, it's in like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to get everywhere. You know, especially I'm in the suburbs. So, you know, it takes 45 minutes and the traffic on 285 is terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so that I can see that being stressful, sitting in that traffic. And then now you go to work and now you have this attitude, you know, you stressed out. You Then you bring that stressful attitude to work. Yeah. And then you got to work with all these people. And then, then you, as the, and as the empowerment coach, Mm-hmm. Can you can you identify these things with, like, just with dealing with uh, I just say your coworkers? Can you identify those certain things? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people can be irritable. You know, I think a lot of people have a routine, whether we realize it or not. We have a routine. So especially we go to the job, right? You go in. If you know people still working in the office, you go your elevator steps, what have you. You put your keys down, your purse. You know, you just have a routine that you do, and you go in and you turn your computer on. Well, a lot of people, you know, and I myself is like, when I go into my office, I need at least five minutes. I want at least five minutes. I need to make my shift from getting out of my car to right. getting in and getting my day set up. I really don't, other than good morning or hi, I don't want anybody to bring me anything within the first five minutes. I literally, because I go from, okay, I'm, I'm Angela outside, but when I get to the office, I'm Dr. Angela. That's a totally different mindset for me. Yeah. So I, I physically, you know, especially when I get in and I put this on a white coat, then I'm there, I'm present. But I don't want anything like, you know, give me that time to shift, especially for something that needs, like, you know, it's like kind of an urgency, this patience that this didn't happen and so on and so forth. Okay, I need this, I need this, I need this. So when we are in tune with each other and when we are in tune with our coworkers, yes. really everybody should give, you know, each other at least that five or, or 10 minutes, unless it's something that, that needs to be addressed. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, 
and that person is either coming off of the you know this really you know aggressive rush hour traffic or you didn't get your coffee mm -hmm. what have you then you go in and say hey sally was so and so and sally's like what you know what do, I, I need a coffee sally hasn't had time to adjust and then if you haven't had your shift then you like then you, you know you go to the other person well, Jane, did you just say, I just went in there to tell Sally about the message and she snapped at me. Who does she think she is? Well, I don't need to do that. Right. And I see what happened. I mean, literally, it's like, wait a minute, let's just, everybody pump the break. Everybody just needs their five or 10 minutes and then let's try this again. So we right. need to be aware of us, but then also we want to be considerate and aware of other people in, in the office. And it goes a long way in terms of helping to promote a really nice environment and culture in the office as well yes i love that and that's those boundaries that's that's that like you said you take your five minutes so that's that's some very good advice just that little that little bit take your five minutes that you, when you get to work take your take your, your minutes to get it together mm -hmm. i love that and just the simple things can make a, a, a better day right <laughs> for everybody i love that mm -hmm. i love that because you think about it, we're there you know we're there with people anywhere from four to eight hours a day you know right. a couple of days a week and we have to we're like we're doing life together and depending right. on what your job is you know if you're working in a florist that's probably a lot more fun and probably laid back unless you're dealing with somebody's wedding or funeral right those are going right. to be more you know times of high intensity but nature of health care right you know right. right there are things that go along with that most of the time people even if they're they're ill you know they're not critically ill in the office you know we're not running emergencies every day in in the office but right. there are those times when when we do or things have not gone, you know, the medication that we've called in is on back order, you know, or such and such. And so we're navigating, well, where can we refer this patient here to get the medication to look back in? Um, so okay. we, yeah, it's, it can be a little intense. Yeah. So really, uh, uh, Dr. Angela, you wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. You <laughs> you sound like you, you said you said empowerment coach and we're going to get to this next piece to the keynote speaker. But it sounds like you're a, a, a therapist, a counselor, a, a, a mom, a mother. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like you wear a lot of hats. It's a lot of responsibility that comes with um, being a doctor. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. So you definitely need to make sure that you are aware of your mental health, like, every day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Mm, I love this. I love this. So let's get into your speak. When did you start speaking? When did you become a keynote speaker? Um, well, you know, as a physician, I've been speaking for years on different. It was more so medical. Right. So it was all right. about the medical and, and talking about that. That's fun. But, it, you know, it's like it's information. You can only make the Krebs cycle. You can only make certain stuff. So, you know, um, exciting. But uh, for a number of years as a specialist, you know, I delivered a couple of talks um, um, presentations um, there. And that was pretty cool in terms of colleagues. And so as I've been incorporating more of the personal development outside of medicine, then that's when, you know, really focusing on the empowerment and the workplace. Like I said, it's always been a part of what I've done, but putting, like I said, having more of a, of a separation and really amplifying and elevating the workplace challenges mm -hmm. and helping professional women in terms of that professional development. So it's been pretty cool that's awesome i love it i love it love it and i want to i want to show everybody the uh your book again just in okay. case they're just now tuning in and we can i still want you to you know
talk about it just a little bit more, just in case they're coming a little late. Sure. Okay. This is important. This is very important. This okay. is picture. You're great. Like I love the beautiful cover, beautiful smile. All that personality is right there. And that's how she really is, y'all. <laughs> very, very, very bubbly. I love it. Picture your great life, 21 principles. And maybe we can go over a couple of the principles and reflections. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I talked about the vision that was uh, the, the inspiration and principles and reflections principles, because we all need to have things that help us to live by, you know, sometimes we call them principles, you know, part of what I talk about in my family too, we call them life lessons. What are the things you use to guide you? What is your North star? And for those you know people of faith, we know that the Bible is, 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 is the number one, you know, mm -hmm. and then we have principles. It's like we have laws, things that we say, OK, how do we explain who I am? How do we explain life? What do how do I know how to act in this situation? So with this particular book, I have assembled 21 principles that talk about things like love. Love is one of the greatest powers. It talks about uh, abundance. And these are principles that can help us understand our purpose because for all of us it's purpose why we are created also how do we explain the world and then to give those principles how do i live my life because we all are created for greatness we are created to do great works and we're created to live a great life that's part of our destiny now right. it's possible for all of us but so many people for different reasons multiple reasons are living below what's possible for them we all have to be taught it's not, you know, we don't come out of, you know, mama and then we're in a crib and go, oh, we know everything that there is. So in the book, I have 21 and each page has one principle and then one reflection. And the goal is, and there's space to write because many times writing helps us to learn that more. We can read it. Yeah, we learn a little bit when we hear it. That's a little bit more when we write it. But then when we teach it or explain it to someone else. These are all things that help us to get that information in and retain it even more. So um, some of the um, principles are, for example, number one is live with a spiritual consciousness. Number eight is think big. Number 14 is make gratitude a daily habit. And then on the page, there's the principle, like principle number one, live with the spiritual con consciousness. There's space to write. And then there is the reflection. And there's also space to write there. Um, and this is an ebook. So, you know, now a lot of people were on our devices, our phones, our tablets, and the way we like to do print will vary for everybody. So right. my inspiration was make this an ebook and a PDF for those individuals who may want this just as an electronic version, they can pull it up, pull it up on their tablet, pull it up on a computer, you know, look through it. And it may just be one that they look and read and reflect. But for those individuals who still like pen and paper, like I do, then yes. each individual has the opportunity. You can print whatever pages you want. They may read and go, you know what? I like this, but right now I don't want all of the pages. Maybe I'm really looking at, like, for example, number, uh, let me go to the one about think big, number eight. You may say, wow, that one really resonates with me. So I'm going to print that one and I will print that and put it on my, on my door or on my office. And then you can pick and choose. And then the second part of that has the information about the um, creative visualization of picturing, how you can actually get with your, um, that vision for your life. So for number, let me have some, some photographs here for number eight, mm -hmm. which is think big. The principle is think big. And the reflection is dreams are defined by the size of the imagination. Okay. So, you know, you can read it, you mm -hmm. may think on it, 
I spent a lot of time um, as a young person daydreaming of what we now call imagination. My parents encouraged that. That's why, you know, I was able to stay with my dreams and see right. my dreams come true. So people can sit down with it, you know, write it. What is my dream? You know, relate to a career, relationship, a house, maybe it's travel and record this and write it. The other thing is because you can print it out. You know, someone can print it and go, all right, man, I want three pages of this principle number eight. Maybe I want one for each dream. Maybe they say, you know, this year I'm working on three big dreams. So that means I want to print one for my job. I want to print one for my finances. I want to print one for my health. And you can use this in a way that's going to be most user friendly for you. So lots of space to write and like I say, to have fun with it. Yes. Yes, say write the vision, make the plane. Yes. Yes. And I do love that. You're saying you helping us uh, you know, use that imagination again. Because a lot of us as adults have just we, we don't use our imagination anymore. We're like, I'm not a kid anymore. And it's like, no, bring the child out. This, you know, this does help you dream. That's what kids do. You dream, they help you dream. We are like, no, we I'm not a kid, I'm too old for that. You know, we've lost that. I like to call it that magic, you know, like you said, when you're a child, you have this imagination, you can do any and everything you want, right? Mm -hmm. And we lose it along the way, you know, life experiences, we grow up, we have children, whatever. But I, I do, I believe that that inner child needs to come out and be free. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I love that. I love the idea of your book. I do love that. Where, where can they find your book? Um, it is available on the, uh, the the website. So, and I see it scrolling across here, livegreatlives.com. And then there is a, a click and you just go right there um, and click it. It's an electronic download. And so you go through that prompt and it'll be downloaded there. I also think on the website, it may even have like a free offer, maybe like a, a just a video and something else there. Yep. But the website, livegreatlives.com. Awesome. We, we like a little bit of free. We do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and give a, a shout out to our sponsor of this episode of Snails with No Shells, and then we'll come with some closing remarks. Okay. All right. Marisa Blordern, yes, the owner of Own It Magazine. Yes, yes, Marisa, yes, we love you and thank you for being the sponsor of today's show. And I am a contributing writer to the Own It Magazine. So shout out to Own It Magazine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And thank you again, Marisa, from for introducing me to Dr. Angela Harding. This has been an amazing time. I love your energy. It's just good stuff. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yes, I saw that. Yep. Shout out to Marisa because she definitely made that connection for us. So, yes. 
Yes, and I know this will this will not be the last time that I see you. I do know that. Look <laughs> yeah, forward to it. Thanks, Queen. Yes, yes. And so before I do want to uh, one more time just show everybody the book that we've been talking about, ebook that you have available. Picture your great life. 21 principles and 21 reflections for great living. I love that. I love that. Beautiful. All right, y'all get your copy. Get your copy. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So Dr. Angela, would you, do you have any, uh, maybe a nugget, uh, some closing words or a, a thought of a, a quote or anything that you would like to leave with the audience? Yes, I would like to uh, let them know that um, as an empowerment coach and the founder of Live Great Lives Empowerment Coaching, we are all about helping professional women. Again, that, that, that's my jam. That's my, my purpose. Because as I mentioned before, there are some specific challenges related to the workplace that we face. And so our mission is to empower women and to help them know that you can live a great life. You can have both professional and personal fulfillment live that great life without sacrificing family, freedom, or wellness. You know, I was uh, had my baby, my first woman, I was, you know, in the medical school. So I've been a homemaker, you know, this, this entire time. And there's some things that are available that can do that. Society will tell us that we shouldn't do this, that we can't, you know, we have these stereotypes and we have a lot of things that we may face. But I'm here to say that you can do it. You know, you can have work-life balance. I am enjoying work-life balance and you can do it as a well woman you really can so yes i love it it's so inspiring i'm so excited <laughs> i am so excited okay and so let us know where we can find you i have the things scrolling tick across the bottom but this is going to be on audio too okay so just let us know where we can find you sure so the website uh for the company is livegreatlives.com um and that will be they also have like uh the uh first or second panel with like what's taking place, what's new. So that information will be there as well. On social, you can connect with me on Facebook. My name, Angela Harden Mack, and also LinkedIn, Angela Harden Mack. And then for IG, Twitter, and Clubhouse, it's Angela HM Speaks. I know sometimes I go on Twitter, people are like, mm, I'm like, you know, there's some really good stuff on Twitter. So look, if you yeah. haven't been on Twitter or you're not, there's, a, I mean, some really great stuff. It's not like you have to, try to find, you know, follow like 500 people. But when I say it's some really good content on Twitter, um, inspirational content, motivational content, it is. So Angela HM Speaks, IG, Twitter, and Clubhouse. Awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, you have no reason not to be able to find this young lady. <laughs> she is everywhere. I love that. And Twitter, I didn't think about Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I just did a TikTok. And everybody's like, saying the same thing like TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm on TikTok. I'm always, you know, posting little clips of my interviews and things of that nature. So, okay, Twitter. Yeah, I said something's real cool about Twitter. That's why I'm letting people know. I'm like, some good stuff is there. Are you familiar yeah. with Bell Collective? The show comes on the Oprah Winfrey Network. No, see. Bell Collective. Um, Letitia Pearson is the organizer. She's the creator of the show. So if you haven't heard of that, I would say go take a look at it. It's called Bell Collective. It's a show about mm -hmm. women of color, queens, who are doing well in Jackson, Mississippi. They just had the second season. I met Letitia back in March at the Level Up Summit. And so they just launched the second one. Well, what she did what was pretty cool with Twitter. She posted on her Facebook and some other, she said, hey, during the episode, I'll be on Twitter. Let's tweet, right? During the episode. Yes. So actually engaging with people. Like I said, so, you know, just like all platforms, whether it's TikTok, whether it's some others, 
I think people are even looking at how can we continue to bring excitement and even use our social media platforms in ways that may be new and creative. So Letitia Pearson is on, you know, Twitter. I'm on Twitter some other. So who knows? You may see some other cool events like that where it's real time engagement. I love that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, look, we, we can get on Twitter. It's all right. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. That is awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all I ask that you do is just to share, just share, share, share the videos, you know, share the content, share, 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 like, share, subscribe, and just follow my guests. That, and that's it. That, I'm not asking you, you know, to spend money because I know times, you know, you know, everybody's at different points in their lives right now. Mm-hmm. But just to share a like and just word of mouth. Yeah, I saw Dr. Angela on Snails with No Shells. You know, let's get the word around because there are some amazing people doing amazing things. I just think more people should know. We should not get enough. You know, we should never feel like, oh, we hear too much people doing great things because we should hear that more. So. I'm here for it. Like, share, subscribe. I'm on Instagram, Miss BJ Martin, Facebook, BJ Martin, TikTok, Miss BJ Martin. So, but I'm about to check out <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I'm on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can follow me as well. But again, Dr. Angela, thank you so much for spending your time with me and no snails and no shells. We love every minute of it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It was great. It was phenomenal. Thank you. And I I said, I loved it too. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm honored. Thank you so much. All right. Before I go, what I would like to say is remember, just like the sun, you are necessary. I love y'all.